Bokatov, we are continuing Sefer Yoshua. And yesterday we completed the story of the Gibbonites. So now we are in chapter 10. We are in chapter 10 when. What I liked about the story, by the way, is that the Jews, as Alon was saying yesterday, is that the Jews are so committed to keeping their word. You know, that the Jewish people. They made the promise. It was made under false pretenses. And yet they still keep their word. And even when the mob or the people are upset at the leadership and they're saying, why in the world did you make this promise to the Gibbonites? Their response is, sorry, we have to keep our word. And if they we... they gave their word under God's name. Right. They, gave, they made a promise using God's name. And if, if they... Does it also does it even say that, that that's how I mean I'm assuming when they promise they promise with God's name but I don't remember the text specifically. Um, so yeah, so so very very interesting interesting dynamic between the leadership and the people there. You know there is also a huge discussion that arises out of this out of this whole Gibbonite thing, and that is to what were the rules of engagement for Bnei Israel when they entered into Israel? The uh, there, there are basically two ways of looking at it. I mean, we we have a mitzvah to completely destroy the seven nations, right? To completely destroy them. And, and completely destroy them. So the question is, we're and we were not allowed to make a peace offering with them. The, 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 we were not allowed to to let them live amongst us. Because they're going to be a thorn in your side. So you shall surely destroy them. So the question was, did we offer them peace when we came into the land of Israel? What do you mean by that? Did, did we just go and, and, and start attacking all of the seven nations of the, of, the, of the world without them having any option to save their lives? Or was there an option for them to actually... Avoid getting utterly destroyed by Bnei Israel. I think that option has been um, They made their choice when they had the meeting of all the nations That's When like did a, they meet one of the nations? said there was a sentence where all the, the nations That's war council Oh no, but that's after coming. that's after let's say like Yericho or Ayn mm-hmm. Did they have the choice to avoid the destruction of Bnei Israel? Did they attack them? What? Yericho didn't attack us. Uh, I didn't attack us. We went to Ai and they routed us. Mm. So there's actually a debate. There's a debate. You could look at. You could look the, up the discussion. Even the Radak brings down the discussion. And later on in the book of Yoshua, it'll go and it'll, it'll describe. These are the 31 kings that Yoshua defeated. Kings that did not decide to make peace with Israel. We'll see that later on in the book. So, so he says. So what does that apply? They said, hey, do you want to... Right, that, that implies that, that Bnei Israel first made a peace offer to all the nations, and the nations didn't accept it. Okay? So that's a, that I think, that's the opinion that I, I think is more compelling because of the explicit pasuk that says these are the nations that did not make peace with the Jewish people. Then the question becomes, if the, if the Jewish people were offering peace to everyone, why didn't the Gibbonites... Why, didn't, why, why did the Gibbonites... Why were they scared that the Jewish people were going to destroy them? See, that's, that's the big question. So meaning, I, I like to rely on that pasuk, 
that says that these are the nations that didn't make peace with Israel, which implies that they were, they, they were Israel all offered peace. Yeah, but then from the Gibeonites' reaction, Gibeon, it doesn't seem like they had an opportunity. Because That's the it question. Was made under false pretenses. So, so the question, so that it's not such a difficult answer. You could answer and say, one opinion says they didn't get the message. Another opinion says uh, they thought they didn't, they couldn't believe the message because they were scared. You know, there, there are a lot of answers. I mean, it's not like the, it's not the toughest question, but that's that. It is, it is a question that comes up with, it, and it's a huge philosophical question on, on how aggressive did Bnei Israel, uh, how aggressive were they in capturing the land of Israel? Okay. Also, when you see like you kind of like decimate every nation that you come across, like yeah, and like nothing happens to them, and just like decimate. Right, like, right, right. Even if they think they're going to make peace. Right, exactly. That, that's, like, what, that's what I think is the answer. I think, let's say Bnei Israel were sending out peace offers, as it seems like when we see later on, it seems like that's what they did. Then how much, they give one their lives are on the line. They know if the Jewish people come for them, they're going to be completely destroyed. They don't know. Imagine, imagine think, also think the, the people of Gibeon, they're looking at Am Israel. They don't know that Am Israel is some like righteous nation that actually is going to keep their word and has commitment to life. They think these are savage Mongol type, Roman type. Invading. Yeah, they think they're invaders. So what? You're going to trust the invaders' peace offering? They have no land. Also, but so they're like, you were saying. Yeah, exactly. You were saying yesterday that they heard firsthand. This is what the Jews did. Doesn't that imply that they have righteousness? They believe in. Deity and whatnot, and they're gonna. No, what do you mean? That 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 give that give on has righteousness. No, give on was saying, we are. When they gave their lie, they gave it under the pretense of they're afraid. We saw of what you've done to God. the nations yes. of the world. Okay, so what? All they saw was that Israel destroyed other nations. That's all they saw. They didn't see. They didn't see, we saw that you accepted the Torah Har Sinai with Na'asev and Ishma, and now you are obeyers of the Word of God. And even if they did think that, do they even know what the Word of God is? I mean, it's like too much of, a, too much of an assumption. Uh, it was when Adon Yitzedek, king of Yerushalayim, heard that Yoshua conquered Ai and he destroyed it as he did the Yericho unto its king. Oh, like he did the Yericho and its king, so he did the Ai and its king. And they saw, and Adon Tzedek saw that the people of Giv'on made peace with Israel and they were dwelling amongst them. By the way, who is Adon Tzedek? It says Adon Tzedek, Melech? Yerushalayim. Where do you see the Tzedek? Where do you see the word Tzedek applied to a king of Yerushalayim? Trivia. Tanakh trivia. That's why Abraham, after he defeated the, five, uh, the four kings, so Abraham comes and Malki Tzedek, out of gratitude to Abraham, he is Malki Tzedek, the king of Shalem. And there we assume that Shalem is Yerushalayim. Why? Because they have Tzedek there, and you have Adonit Tzedek here, and here it's explicit that it's the king of Yerushalayim. So you can assume that Shalem there is referring to Yerushalayim as well. It's. Um, Wow. The Radak says that the name Tzedek is applied to all the kings of Yerushalayim because Yerushalayim is a city of righteousness. Mm. Okay. Wow. So he hears that. He, so he hears that Yoshua has conquered Ai and Yericho, and he also hears that the Giv'on has made peace with Israel. And they became very afraid because Giv'on was a big city, so one of the main cities of the kingdom. And it was bigger than Ai. 
giborim, and all the people were strong. So this Adonitelek is thinking to himself, if Giv'on has made peace with Israel, and they are this strong, that's actually, that's very bad. Because that means that Israel is much more imposing, it's more dangerous. He sends a message to Hoham, Piram, Yafia, and Devir. These are four kings. Four kings are from Israel. Are they? Does it say um, where these kings are? I don't know if these are in the south or in the north, to be honest. We have to be, let's see. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where these kings are. If you have the other, the, the one that Art Scroll has, the Tanakh that Art Scroll has, they typically explain these things, but I don't have it here. Okay. Uh, so they say, he says to these four, no, not that one, the blue one, the more commentary. They, he, so he says to them, And he says to these kings, Come and help me and let us strike whom? Who do you want to strike? Givon. Because they made peace with Yoshua and with Israel. That's odd. Let's go strike Giv'on because they made peace with Yoshua. Why don't they strike Yoshua? Because they... Because Yoshua is the one who is the scary one here. But it, it's more than that. This is what we were just saying a few minutes ago when you were saying, did they offer peace or not? This is an act of war when you're actively coordinating to attack. For sure, for sure. These people deserve to get destroyed. I understand, but... I'm saying, why are they attacking Giv'on and not Yoshua? Why are they planning Traitor. to... They look at, they look Meaning they, they're the traitor But see if they go and attack Yiv'on What's going to happen? They're going to lose half their men in battle And then Yoshua is going to come and conquer them Yeah but they're, they're banking on The treaty with The Am Yisrael is A fake treaty like oh we'll attack them And Yoshua won't come and save them And then what's gonna, how is it going to help them? And then Yoshua now has to defeat a weakened army Yeah but he has He has to defeat all of them so why don't they gather as one and just go and fight Yoshua himself head on? They why are they attacking Giv'on? It's, it's strategy because once you lose trust in your allies, it, it like breaks the, the chain ah. of command. Oh. We, we got, if I come after your allies and you don't help them, everyone else is going to know you're not going to help. You are now... Untrustworthy, and now we can team up on you. Ah, is what he's saying? He's saying this is it's not that they're scared of Yoshua now, they're scared of what happens if Yoshua comes and starts making more and more allies. And if he makes more and more allies, then he's gonna defeat every all the rest of us who don't want to ally with him. They're trying to sabotage for sure, they're banking on they for sure don't think Yoshua is coming to the rescue, but they're also trying to sabotage Yoshua's name as someone who can be an ally. Okay, it maybe it's it's a little bit compelling. I still have my problems with it. And I, I I don't know the answer to this question. Why they're attacking Givon and not Yoshua? But but uh, if anybody knows the answer, you could email me. Okay. Okay, they're in the south. These people, these kings. So these five kings, these five Amorite kings, they come and. Uh, them and all of their camps, and they came and they approached Giv'on and they attacked Giv'on. And the people of Giv'on sent Yoshua to the Machane in Gilgal, saying, to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not uh, turn your hand away from your servant. 
come up to us immediately and save us and help us and save us because they've gathered all of the kings of the Amorites the dwellers of the mountains have come to attack us so now Givon not only have they made a peace treaty with Yoshua in that Yoshua is not going to destroy them now they're, they're turning to Yoshua and saying can you be our ally so it's in my opinion, they're kind of over-asking. They're, over-stepping, they're, they're uh, overstaying their welcome. Because all Yoshua agreed to do is not destroy them. Now they're coming and saying, oh, people are coming to destroy us. Could you come and save our lives? And what is Yoshua going to do? Yoshua goes from the Gilgal, he and all of the people of war with him, and all of the strong men of war. So Yoshua goes and he helps them. So that's, again... So what it shows is the commitment Yoshua has to the promise, which, which is a beautiful thing that Am Israel, when they make a promise, they are extremely, extremely careful to keep it. Uh, and it's interesting that Yoshua is, is going to save in battle the people, the people that quote-unquote should be his enemies. But on the flip side, there could be strategic benefit to this. What's the benefit here? Maybe Yoshua is thinking that Borei Olam has given me all of the Amorite kings in one place. In one place. Yeah. So let's just go route them all, defeat them all, and all of southern Israel is now going to be empty. Yeah, but he didn't ask God for this. And we're going to see. That God is going to give him the. God is going to give him. Uh, yes, God is going to give him instruction to do this. So, uh, so it is. Is it is unkosher. Baruch Amen. Amen.